Welcome to the Cancer Care Connect program. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question and answer session, and instructions will follow at that time. If anyone should require assistance during the program, please press star then zero on your touchtone telephone. As a reminder, this program is being recorded. At this time, I would like to introduce your host for today's program, Dr. Carolyn Mesner, Director of Education and Training at Cancer Care. Please go ahead. Thank you, Trenisha, and I, too, would like to welcome everyone to today's Cancer Care Connect program. It's our fourth annual Cancer Survivorship Series, Living With, Through, and Beyond Cancer. And today's program, the topic of today's program is, is it my cancer or am I getting older? A question that many of you ask. I think it's a question that probably resonates for many of you. Today's program is a collaborative effort between Cancer Care, the National Cancer Institute, the Lance Armstrong Foundation, the Intercultural Cancer Council, Living Beyond Breast Cancer, and the National Coalition for Cancer Survivorship. And it is that collaboration that really has enabled us to reach so many of you. So you probably would like to know how many of you are on the call today. Even though you can't see each other, there are 1,247 people on the call today. And you come from all over the United States. You come from large cities and small cities and rural areas as well. And we also today have a number of international participants from Canada, India, Iran, Romania, and the United Kingdom. So you truly are from all over the world and uh, also a group of information seekers. Now, it is my pleasure at this point to introduce to you my co-moderator for today's program, Dr. Julia Rowland. Dr. Rowland is Director, Office of Cancer Survivorship, Division of Cancer Control and Population Sciences at the National Cancer Institute. And I now want to turn the program over to my colleague, Dr. Rowland, who is going to co-moderate the program with me. Thank you, Carolyn, for the lovely introduction. I'd like to join Carolyn in welcoming all of our listeners across the country and around the globe to this second workshop in our 2006 Cancer Survivorship Series, Living With, Through, and Beyond Cancer. The National Cancer Institute, represented today by the Office of Cancer Survivorship, the office I have the privilege to direct, as well as the Office of Education and Special Initiatives and the Cancer Information Service, is pleased to serve once again as an organizational partner in this fourth year of our groundbreaking teleconference series focusing on the issues faced by survivors and their loved ones after treatment ends. We're also pleased to be able, along with the Lance Armstrong Foundation, to serve as a co-funder of this program. As many of you know, 2006 represents a landmark year for a number of reasons. Earlier this year, the National Cancer Institute's Cancer Information Service celebrated its 30th anniversary of providing cancer information and education to the public. Originally established in 1975, the Cancer Information Service took its very first call in 1976. Since then, its trained information specialists have answered the questions of over 10 million callers. 2006 also marks the 20th anniversary of the founding of the National Coalition for Cancer Survivorship, another key partner in today's program. Finally, in October of 2006, the Office of Cancer Survivorship at the National Cancer Institute will celebrate its 10th anniversary. The office was created in 1996 in direct response to the compelling and articulate advocacy of individuals like Ellen Stovall, President and CEO of the National Coalition for Cancer Survivorship, for more information about and ways to eliminate or address the chronic and late effects of surviving cancer long term. We plan to celebrate this important anniversary on October 4th through 6th at our Biennial Cancer Survivorship Research Conference here in Washington, D.C.
The overall goal of the Office of Cancer Survivorship is to improve the length and quality of survival for all of those living with a history of cancer, a figure currently estimated as including almost 10.5 million individuals in the United States alone. Today's program is an important part of the National Cancer Institute's educational mission. It reflects our commitment to develop and broadly disseminate educational materials and outreach programs like this one designed to equip cancer survivors and their caregivers with the important information they need to master their own or help a loved ones to achieve optimal health and well-being after cancer. As Carolyn noted, the title for today's workshop is it my cancer or am I getting older, reflects a theme behind a host of questions that many survivors tell us they confront in the months and years after active treatment ends. They wonder, is this ache in my back a sign that my cancer has recurred, or do I now simply have arthritis? Are the problems I'm having with my memory a result of my cancer treatments or simply aging? How can I tell what's normal now that I'm getting older with a history of cancer? Our three outstanding speakers bring both personal and professional expertise that I know will provide listeners with helpful insights into these questions that at times can have complex answers and provide tips for thinking about and acting on this new knowledge. It is, as always, my pleasure to be able to co-host these survivorship workshops with my esteemed colleague, Carolyn Mesner, to whom I will now return the program. Well, thank you, Julia, very much for your wonderful words of welcome to everybody and also for putting the whole uh, program in a context of survivorship um, issues and the history of survivorship issues in terms of all the new programs that have been developed. And I also would like to just thank um, the National Cancer Institute and the Lance Armstrong Foundation because this program has really been made possible by educational grants from both of those institutions. And that really has enabled us to offer this series now in its, its fourth year. It's very important to us. I would like to turn your attention for a moment to the materials that you have received from us. Um, in the materials, there's an outline that has been prepared by our speakers. Um, there also is information about each of the sponsoring organizations, and there is an evaluation form. And I want to ask you all at the end of today's program to be sure and complete that evaluation form. You know, your feedback is very critical to us to both document the need for the programs, but also your suggestions and your comments really help us to really um, do programs that are relevant to meet your needs. So please tell us what you'd like us to do, and we can plan that for our next year. We really, um, really depend on your feedback for that. Now, we have a wonderful faculty in today's program, and I want to actually um, introduce our first speaker for today. Our first speaker is Beth McManus. She is a cancer survivor. She also is a grant specialist, Winthrop University Medical Center. And we've asked Beth to present the survivor perspective in today's program to really set the context for our program today. Beth? Thanks, Carolyn. And um, I just wanted to say that I am delighted to be able to participate in this forum today. As Carolyn said, I am a breast cancer survivor. I was diagnosed four years ago when I was only 33 years old, which is quite young for breast cancer. And in addition, three years after my initial diagnosis and treatment, I did learn that I had a genetic mutation that put me at a very high risk for recurrence as well as ovarian cancer. So a year ago, in consultation with my medical team, I opted to undergo additional risk reduction surgery. The reason why I'm mentioning this is because as a result of this surgery, I did go through enormous physical changes, including sudden menopause, which is obviously quite relevant to today's topic. Since my treatment and surgeries, I've experienced primarily high levels of fatigue. Um, The evenings for me are often the worst. By a 
the end of a typical day with my kids who are still quite young. I'm just about ready to crash. So it's taken a bit of adjustment for me to get used to the idea of slowing down, taking more frequent breaks during the day to rest, and that way I can kind of help prevent myself from reaching the point of no return. An important point about this, though, is that I had to learn to give myself permission to slow down when I need to. It's not an easy thing for me to do because I'm normally very active, but I've found that sometimes just knowing that I have the option of taking it easy and that I don't have to do every single thing that I would normally do helps me to accomplish what I need to. I've also had to get over my reluctance to ask others for help. Now, that's a real big one. Asking is hard, but I've come to learn that what people really want is to be able to help you, but sometimes they just don't know what they can do. So when I ask for a specific thing, like picking up a couple of things for me at the store or asking someone to help watch the kids for a few hours, I actually help them to feel better as well as having them help me by giving me the opportunity to rest. I've also learned that what and when I eat also makes a big difference. Sometimes eating smaller amounts of food every few hours during the day rather than three bigger meals helps me to fight this tiredness. And exercise is really important. I find little ways to incorporate little extra motion into my everyday life, like a short little walk or even taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Um, When you're experiencing tiredness and fatigue following cancer treatment, it's really hard to motivate yourself. But if you just do little things like this, it adds up. Now I just wanted to also mention the cognitive side effects. What's been real significant for me has been the effects of premature menopause, which I experienced during treatment and then permanently as a result of my surgery last year. One thing I've noticed is a dramatic slowdown in my speed of recall, sort of like um, having trouble recalling words and names. And these are names of people that I haven't just met, people that I've known for years. I'll be in the middle of a conversation with someone and I'll just go blank. When it first started happening, it was very upsetting and frightening, but Over time, I've started noticing that it's not the word or the name completely erased from my mind forever, but rather it just takes a little extra time to remember it. Sure enough, if I calmly think about it for a minute or so, the name or word indeed pops right into my head. So how do I deal with this potentially embarrassing situation? Well, it sure helps to have a good sense of humor. If I'm in the middle of speaking and I get stuck on something, I'll just crack a joke about having a senior moment. People will laugh and it'll buy me a little extra time to remember. I've also learned to relax about it more. The more things like that bother you, the harder it is to remember. And lastly, I'm always writing notes to myself. If there's something that I need to remember later, I make sure that I have pen and paper handy. Write it down right away before the thought escapes. All these ways I've mentioned of coping with some of the cancer-related and age-related changes I've described were arrived at through trial and error. I consider all of this a work in progress. I'm training myself to become more aware of the changes I'm experiencing and to give myself the time and opportunity to learn new ways of doing things. I'm moving forward by not getting overwhelmed with frustration that my body and my mind aren't the same as they used to be. And most importantly, I'm keeping in full communication with my medical team. I make sure I go to all my follow-ups, I stay on top of things, and I really discuss with them any issues I might be having. Cancer survivorship really has to be a team effort. Thank you. 
Thank you very much, Beth, for just an excellent, uh, really, uh, a keynote for this particular uh, presentation today. You really set the context by really representing your experience and what really helps you um, and some of the tips that you've given to everybody. So thank you very much. Excellent. Our next speaker is Dr. Stephanie Studensky. Uh, Dr. Studensky is Professor of Medicine, Director of Research, Division of Geriatric Medicine, University of Pittsburgh. And uh, we've asked her to present a bit about aging, so we can un we're all coming with the same understanding of what this concept is. So I'm now going to turn the program over to Dr. Studensky. Uh, we've asked her to present a bit about aging, so we can un we're all coming with the same understanding of what this concept is. So I'm now going to turn the program over to Dr. Studensky. Thank you, Carolyn and Julia, and thank you, Beth, for setting such a wonderful stage for all of us here today. 